the Simple Pen Podcast, Pinterest for business advice that goes down smooth and easy. Here's your host, Kate All. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Simple Pin Podcast. I'm your host, Kate All. I'm the owner and founder of Simple Pin Media. We're a Pinterest management company based out of Portland, Oregon. We help manage our clients' Pinterest presence so they can focus back on their business. But I also have the podcast here where I teach you all about how to DIY your Pinterest marketing without feeling overwhelmed and any crazy tactics. And today we're going to be talking about KPIs of Pinterest. And I know several of you are going, what in the world is a KPI? So I've brought on my friend Kelly Snyder, who's here with me today. And we talked to her way back in episode four about how to know and target your audience. And it was so, so good. Kelly's wicked smart. So make sure you listen. So Kelly, welcome to the Simple Pen Podcast. Welcome back to the Simple Pen Podcast. Thank you, Kate. I'm so excited to be here. I know. I always love talking with you. And I should mention, so full disclosure, like Kelly is a client too, but we're also in a mastermind together. And many of our discussions revolve around this topic of how to make sure we're making the maximum impact and paying attention to things we need to be paying attention to. So this podcast will flow a little bit more like a conversation between friends, business associates, because this is kind of what we normally do on our mastermind. Anyway, you're just missing two other people. But we talk so much about really how not to waste our time and our money. So Kelly, tell us a little bit first about you have two different you have a main site that you started and now you have another um, product. So bring us all up to speed on what you're doing and where you have your eyes, ears, hands, you know, it where you're invested. Yeah, sure. So I have been blogging on I've been blogging since 2009. So I'm a dinosaur in regards <laughs> to <laughs> I'm like a real big dinosaur in regards to in the online world, but I've been blogging since 2009 and I have a blog called Redefine Mom and it is just a normal blog. Like normal bloggy blogger kind of blog where I share articles, I write articles, I have recipes, kind of that just general lifestyle blog. And then about three years ago, um, about three and a half years ago, I decided it wasn't that I was bored with blogging, but I was ready for another challenge. And so I decided to dip my toe into the world of online courses. And I developed one that's called Adore Your Wardrobe, which teaches women how to dress their unique bodies through the principles found in math and science. And it kind of blew up in a good way um, since then. And so I don't blog as much as I would like to on Redefine Mom. It's just kind of sitting there um, and not... It's still sitting there in a good way, but it's just hasn't been added to in a really long time. And my focus is now almost 100% on Adore Your Wardrobe, um, which allows me to basically interact with women on a day-to-day basis. So I kind of love this discussion that we're going to have about Pinterest and KPIs because I've seen it from both sides, right? So I have like the course side and then I also have just the blog side. Yeah. And I will say, we'll put a link to Kelly's course in the show notes. But Angela, who you guys have heard from on the podcast, she took Kelly's course and loved it. And so there's this joke now when I walk into Angela's house, I'm like, I'm not following the rules today. 
Like I just couldn't do it because there are all these, not rules, but it's such a great fashion course. And it like completely transformed Angela's view of fashion and how she dresses her body. And instead of being resentful of how like God created her body to be, she's like, how do I dress for the body that I have. And that's what I love about your course. And that's what I love. I take her to Nordstrom with me because I can't, you know, you're in Kansas and I'm in Portland, so I can't take you. But when I take her, I'm like, okay, is this, am I, do I look like I'm following the rules? <laughs> and then she will be like, no, you cannot wear that anymore. Come over yeah, here. Yeah, that's what she says. She's like, no, that's bad. That's bad. <laughs> so I don't really need a personal shopper at Nordstrom anymore. I just take her because she went through your course. So that's a little side note. But what I love about um, your progression over the last couple of years is how you realized that even though redefined mom like sits there, it's a little bit on autopilot, you get a lot of traffic from Pinterest, you figured out a way to really monetize it in an effective way, even though you're not actively investing in it, which allows you to then invest and adore your wardrobe. And you've created this amazing team and systems and you know, you're just really figuring out that it's freed you up to figure that out in the transition. And now that's taken off, which is Amazing. Yeah. And that, I mean, it kind of then flows back to what our discussion today is about KPIs. Yeah. And I think if it wouldn't have been me taking an honest, hard look at Redefine Mom and maximizing where I could and understanding what I was trying to maximize, I don't think I would have had that freedom. But I mean, we're on year three, essentially, of Redefine Mom just kind of being on autopilot and it's still producing high. Um, five figures every single year without having to do a whole lot. But that, again, that comes with coming back and understanding what I wanted to maximize in order to do that. Okay, so let's walk people through that. So first, give the official definition of KPIs and how you view them. Sure. So KPI, I remember the first time I heard KPI and I thought it was like some Russian word that like I didn't know. Me too. I I remember being at a blog conference and somebody laid it out there and I was like, and I didn't want to seem stupid, right? So you didn't want to be like the dumb one. And then they're like, yeah, your KPI. And then they're like, and they kept going. And then, so then I was trying to spell it, not realizing that it's an acronym. (laughs) So then you get back on Google and you're trying to type it out and you're like, I don't know what they meant. And then I found (laughs) out it's actually an acronym for key performance indicators. That's what a KPI is. And KPIs can be a lot of different things, but essentially they're a data point. Like it's, it is that hard data that we all have on our online business. Sometimes we ignore it. Sometimes we pretend it doesn't exist, but there is hard data there. And we use that data to measure the health of our business. We use it to measure effectiveness. We use it to make decisions about what we do with our business to become more efficient. It's just, It's just basically, I call it like kind of having a line in the sand in which you then compare or filter all of the rest of your decisions about. And and, But KPIs can be a lot of different things. KPIs can be conversion rates. KPIs can be um, revenue. KPIs can be um, how many email leads you got. KPIs can be cost per lead. Like there's there's a gazillion different KPIs that you can have, but it's just a way to measure your effectiveness in business. And I think a really important thing to note right now as people are listening is start jotting down some of the KPIs you think you have for your business because KPIs will be different for each and every business. It'll be what are 
KPIs for me would be different than they are for Kelly because we have two different types of businesses. So if you're Googling them and you want to just get at least like a start, you know, some of the ones that we listed, then branch out from there to see, okay, what are my unique ones that I need to focus on instead of focusing on someone else's KPIs, which I think helps prevent us from doing that kind of like squirrel you know, because we look at somebody else's stuff and go, well, I want that. Well, maybe that's not what works for your business. So you need to figure out what are your KPIs. Yeah, exactly. And I think one thing that people get tripped up on, I think in KPIs is they try to make it more difficult than it needs to be. Yeah. Um, it can really be as simple as like taking one segment of your business. So let's say that you are a blogger. And you blog. That's what you do. You are a blogger and you blog. And so one KPI could be just your advertising revenue. Like you want to start tracking that and figuring that out. And then underneath ad revenue, you could go down to RPMs. You could go down to fill rates. You could go down to a comparison of um, time on your site because that helps increase your ad revenue that you have too. So that you can start having subsets of KPIs just for one particular segment of your business. Yeah, I agree. That's a good way to... And that actually leads us to kind of a good place to start. So since we're talking about Pinterest, the three main KPIs that we hear people talk about that we even track to is like sessions or page views, repins and saves, and followers. Now, I wouldn't put a lot of emphasis on followers anymore because I don't think it's a really good metric to track the health of your business. So we're going to talk a little bit about, okay, how do you begin to evaluate um, the KPI? So Kelly, let's talk um, redefined mom. Okay. Because I think that's a really good example of where you started and then we'll go into adore your wardrobe. So you were getting a lot of traffic from Pinterest. Um, you still do. So let's talk about how you're going to, if somebody's going to try to go through this process, how would you break it down, look at Redefined Bomb, and what would be your like top five KPIs for Redefined Bomb? Sure. So for me, my top five KPIs would have been, um, one would have been just revenue, like how much money am I making? Um, and that would probably be my top KPI. Um, the second KPI that I would probably have is email conversions, like how many people get on my site and then actually take the next step to be an email subscriber. Then I always have a profit and loss. So I understand how much money I make every month from the site and how much I have in expenses. And then I have um, a formula set up for how much should be in each one of those buckets so that I understand if I'm not investing enough in the business or if I'm investing too much in the business, I understand that. So what I noticed is that you didn't in any of this list talk about traffic. Why not? Man, because to me, I feel like traffic is a vanity metric that is used in, is used in order to get maybe sponsored posts or to talk about how amazing you are to somebody else. Um, I've never in my, I mean, never in my career and being online, have I ever got caught up in traffic because traffic can come from so many different sources and it can be so, so different levels of vestedness. So you can have traffic that comes from your people that you send an email to and you talk about all the great things that you have going on and then they come to your website. Those people are really vested in you. Like they really, like, you know, when Kate, when you send out your emails and I look at it and I go back to the site, I'm really vested in Kate. And so I want to know what Kate has to say. I'm probably 
from a traffic perspective, I am way more important than somebody that maybe just shows up due to a search term that they used and you happen to pop up and they're just looking for one particular piece of information and then you give it to them and then they leave. So I just feel like traffic isn't ever really that important to me. It's more about email is more important or it's more important of how much money I'm making and how am I maximizing that than having a bunch of traffic because I've got two sites now and I have one that does pretty well on autopilot. And then I have another one that's core, that's course space. And the course space one makes five times as much money as the one that's on autopilot. And it has probably, I don't know, maybe, maybe 15% of the traffic that rate, you know, Adore Your Wardrobe has maybe 15% of the traffic that Redefine Mom does. And why do you think, and I've asked, I think, you know, we've talked about this a little bit before, but it, it really brings up the question again, why do you think in, you know, if we're talking specifically about bloggers or even anybody who's, who is in the online space, why do we default to traffic as kind of this first metric that we go towards? And because I'll say, when I go into consults with people and I'm doing a full Pinterest audit evaluation, we're talking about that. The first thing someone tells me is, I want to X my traffic by this much increase. And I don't need, sometimes I don't even know how to respond to that because my brain is going to where your brain is going right now, where I'm looking for warm leads. I'm looking for revenue. I'm looking for all these other things. So why do you think we're so conditioned to only think of traffic? I think it's, I think it's twofold. One, I think it is the normal equalizer. So as we're talking with other people that are in the same industry as us, and we're in a Facebook group with other people that do the same thing as us, it's an easy thing to talk about and to kind of gauge yourself as if you are important or not. Like, where do you fall in that pecking order, right? Like, you're like, yeah, I've got like 2 million page views a month. And you're mm-hmm. like, whoa, you were on the top, <laughs> you know, versus someone else that may be like, I've only got 10,000. And then they're like, mm-hmm. I'm way down on the bottom. Right. And I think that's a shame because mm-hmm. instead what we should be talking about is either um, overall revenue or even revenue per page. So like every, you know, essentially like what is your revenue for somebody, for your visitor? Like every time a visitor shows up on your site, how much money are you really making off of them? You know, and understanding that number is way more important than, than anything else. Cause here's the deal. I, I will never forget the time that I sat in a blogging conference and there were some majorly huge bloggers that in my opinion that were sitting around me. And I thought, I just have this itty bitty little blog, you know, because they're talking about their millions and millions of page views. And then we finally got to finances and financial. And I found out I was making more than some of the others. And I was just like, what are you not doing? Like, what what are you, you know, why are you not getting into your business? So I think that's why they they do that because it's the natural pecking order. I think the other thing too, is that in their minds, they feel like ad revenue is the only way that they can make substantial income. And so if they increase their page views, then they automatically think ad revenue will follow. And it will follow at the same pace as it did before, which is also a fallacy. Like, that isn't true either. Like, a a page view is very different. A page view in which somebody spends three minutes on your site is very different than a page view in which somebody spends three seconds on your site. Yes, agreed. I, I think that I agree with you in the the sense of I've been at lots of blogging conferences where people have said to me like, oh, I just wish, you know, I was like this person. They have just millions and millions of page views. And I was like, man, they really don't. 
and it's always grass is greener on the other side. But yet, like you said, you are making more money than all these other people. And I am kind of blown away when I do talk to somebody who comes to me and says, I really want more page views. And my next question is usually, well, how much money are you making? And have you gone up over last year? And they're like, well, yeah, I doubled. And I'm kind of like, well, why are we chasing the other when you're actually making more money? And so I, I that's why I think I really wanted to do this episode with you is because... I really want people to start thinking more critically about their business so that let's say traffic goes away tomorrow and ad revenue, like you said, is the only thing that is bringing money into their business. If they're thinking about the other KPIs, they can start to diversify, which is hugely important. So with that said, like let's jump a little bit towards um, trying to help people make that shift. So for you, KPIs... I think, you know, we talked about email conversions to a course, conversions to Facebook ads and promoted pins. So when you look at Adore Your Wardrobe, let's talk about that in your mid-launch, right? So you're taking into consideration your Facebook ads. So let's start there because, and even promoted pins. So let's say you're running paid advertising. What are you, what's your main thing you're looking for when you're doing advertising because I know you're not just looking for traffic. So what's your thought when you're like, I'm running an ad because of XYZ? For me, I run an ad anytime I run any sort of paid advertising. If that's a promoted pin or if that's a Facebook ad or that's a Google ad, regardless of what that is, I have to know what I want at the end of it. Like, what do I want to have accomplished at the end? Because if we're just throwing ad money against something and we're not really sure what we want at the end, then it's just kind of getting thrown away. It's not to say that you can't increase page views or you can't increase sessions with that. But like, if you don't have something concrete at the end that you're wanting to evaluate, it's really just kind of wasted money. So for me, I always go, you know, I have two different campaigns. Let's go for a, com- a campaign that's going after cold traffic. So I'm trying to get new leads, essentially. Um, I always look at, so I look at my ad and I look at the effectiveness of it. So one KPI that I would look at for my paid advertising is how many people land on that. So they, they say that they have interest in either the Facebook ad or the Google ad or the promoted pin and then click over to my opt-in. So like that's an email opt-in or it's a sign up for a lead magnet, whatever you want to call it. How many of those people actually convert into an email? So that's a that's a great KPI to look at because let's say that you're spending $100 a month but you're only converting say 25% of those people into an email some sort of email or some sort of opt-in I should say then you know that that's where your metric is. So you know that you can start messing with some things. So maybe you change your sales page a little bit, or maybe you change the Facebook ad a little bit in order to increase that percentage. So to go from 25 to say maybe up to 35. Um, Another way that we look at it is that we look at what is our cost per lead. So, you know, I look at what my conversion rate is. I had um, an example is I had a promotion that was going into a free course um, we had a 50% conversion rate on this on the opt-in page. So basically what I had done inside of my promoted pins, promoted ads, the paid advertising, 50% of the people that landed on my opt-in page opted in, which is a pretty high conversion rate. That's pretty good. Like we could have tweaked a few things, but we probably wouldn't have seen that great of an increase. 
So then the next question you have is, okay, what is my cost per lead? And that takes into account how much money you're spending on from your promoted side of things, from the paid advertising. And then you look at how many leads did you get for that? And then that's important too, because it is not necessarily a quid pro quo when you add extra money into your paid advertising. In some cases, like if you're like, I'm doing a dollar, say we're at a dollar cost per lead, or that's what I'm paying to get somebody to give me their email address. Awesome. So I'm going to dump (laughs) $10,000 into my paid campaign. So I have 10,000 leads. That's going to be amazing. Well, it doesn't always work that way. Um, Just because of the algorithms and everything else, you may start to see a shift where instead of a dollar per lead, maybe it goes up to $1.75 per lead. Or you might see a situation where when you get up to $2,000, it actually goes down to 80 cents per lead. Um, And so you allow yourself to start making good business decisions instead of just having kind of this gut reaction of, well, if I just put more money against Facebook ads, then it will work better, right? Like to me, that's a gut reaction. Um, Instead of that gut reaction, you start to have the actual numbers to look at to know kind of when you change those things, what actually happens. And as you do this for more periods of time, as you know, when you first start with your KPIs, like you don't, you just kind of don't really, you have like a baseline of KPIs, right? Like, cause you're not really comparing it to anything cause you're just creating them for the very first time. But after doing something and tracking it for over a year, you can start to finagle some of those in order to get better performance out of those things that you're looking for because you're starting to understand what works and what doesn't work. And I think also what's important for people to know is that you know what you can do with your email. So for you, that front, you know, front facing ad with the how much can I get a lead especially a cold lead is because you know what's on the other side. The other side is this really amazing email sequence that you can tweak and change over time. But it's kind of like if I can get them in the door, then I can actually start having a conversation with them. Whereas if you're not looking at how much that lead is costing you or how it's working, you can't even get them in the door, right? So you might as well figure out, you know, what is it that it's going to cost me, which... I'm sure a lot of people are asking, what is a good cost per lead? And how do you figure that out? You know, and that's going to vary based upon what you're selling. So let's let's even take it back to a blog situation. I can give an example of this. So there is, I have a really high, um, I have a post that's on Redefined Mom that is very affiliate link based. An affiliate link meaning that like it's got Amazon links on it and it's got links to other um, stores on it. But I make basically just income when people buy something after they clicked on the link and then they make a purchase. I I make money off of that. And I have several pages on my site on Redefine Mom that are that are put up, you know, made this way. So what I would do then is I would start to, you can do a bunch of different things to figure out your KPI. You could go through and all of those links you could make to pretty links or you could make to a bit.ly link. So you could start tracking how many clicks they get. And then you can even take it a step further and that you can go into your your affiliate partners. So like, for example, like Amazon, you can even create a special link on Amazon that's just for that, that post. And you can make it so that you can track in Amazon exactly how much money you're making off of that post. And so a KPI might be to figure out like, is this cost per lead is like, if you know that right now, just off of 
people just hitting your post due to either like you put it up on your social media or through Google search or whatever that is that let's say that you make on average, every time somebody hits that page, you make a dollar. Okay, we'll just say that for easy math. So you know you make a dollar whenever anybody hits that page just because that that's what the math has said. You've tracked it over three or six months. You know exactly that this is kind of the average. It's a dollar. So now you can have the philosophy of if you know that you make a dollar anytime somebody hits that page, you know that you could do an ad to get somebody to that page. And you know that you could do it for up to 75 cents or maybe even 90 cents if you want to put that much traffic against it. But you know that you can get cold traffic to hit that page and you're going to make a dollar every time. And so it's kind of a different philosophy of, you know, we we talk, you and I, Kate, have talked about when you know that you're going to make a dollar for every set, you put in 75 cents into the into the ATM, right? Mm-hmm. So you go to the ATM and you put 75 cents in there and you know that a dollar is going to come out mm. every single time. You would do that. You would just stand in front of the ATM machine when we like, <laughs> we would, would just, totally. Right. We would just stand there, right? Mm-hmm. We would need the small children to go get us quarters a lot, but we would sit in front <laughs> totally. of the ATM machine. And just keep plunking in the quarters and getting dollars every time. And really, your site is no different. Like if you know those metrics, then you can start to put your key performance indicators into that to know how much money you should spend on ads in order to get the revenue that you want. It's all of these conversions and these numbers that we're talking about. It creates a systematic plan for revenue. Mm-hmm. And w- what I love about that is you took, I mean, you could take probably an hour and do some investigating on your site, looking what's happening, looking through Google Analytics and figure out where your traffic is coming from. Then the next step being, okay, what am I going to do with it? Like, and how much is it going to cost? And how am I going to monetize it? And I think that's where we see this big disconnect with people who are super achy for Pinterest traffic, which I get it. Like we, we want this, um, we want these eyes on our site, but then there's this, stop that happens is, okay, I got the traffic. Okay, well, now what? That's actually when the real work comes in. It's not so much on the other side of a huge elaborate printer strategy and all these different things. It's this traffic that's coming. How am I going to turn them into something that's super qualified and going to be a benefit? Not only you know for me, but also for them. Like, How can I serve them and give them what they're looking for? You know, you could get a ton of traffic to adore your wardrobe, but your whole goal is actually to get the people who really want in, who need this type of help. You just don't, you don't want a million, you could get a million page views, right? And maybe only 10 people sign up. Well, that's crap, you know, or you could get a hundred page views and 75 people sign up. That's awesome. Right? Right. And I think that's true with KPI. So like I just gave the example from an ad income standpoint, like you could do an ad to a post that you know does really well and you know you make a dollar off anybody that lands there on average. So that's like one way of kind of looking at the revenue stream. Another way of kind of backtracking the other way for revenue is you could look at, like you said, go into Google Analytics and look at your top 10 trafficking posts. Even just start top three. Like if you're like, oh, 10 feels like too many. And it may be the top three. And you may find that they are something that was created in your dinosaur timeframe, right? Like when you first started yeah. blogging, right? Yeah. And you 
right? And so you have this moment and you're like, oh, dude, like that's just bad. Like I am so much better than that. Then I was taking photos with like my crappy little, you know, like the, not even the smartphone camera, (laughs) right? Like the point and shoot, right? Exactly. Right. It's all yellow and orange, Mm -hmm. right? And so you may have that moment when you look at it. And I think sometimes people get worried that they're like, oh, but I heard that if you mess with it, Google gets mad. Yes. Yes. I get that a lot. Right. Google gets mad if you mess with that. Like they, they'll, they'll just, they'll just take away all of your traffic or Pinterest gets mad. Yes. If you mess with it. No, they don't. Pinterest and Google do not care. Like if you do something shady, then yeah, they're going to mm-hmm. care, but they don't care if you go in there and actually retake the photos of your food and make them better. And all of a sudden put links into all of the great things that you were using while you were making said food. And you give other indications of other posts that they might like that work with said food. So say it's a muffin, say you have an amazing blueberry muffin recipe <laughs> yes. and it Right. And all of a sudden, and you're like, again, your photo is awful and whatever. Like you can update all of that stuff and add in links and add in other posts that they might like that are similar. Maybe you have a banana nut muffin. That's amazing. And you can do all of that. And if you are able to, you know, if you take a look at it and say, right now, I'm only making three cents for every person that shows up on this page or on this post. And if I can increase that without having to increase my traffic at all, if I can increase that three cents up to 25 cents, why wouldn't I do that? Just with these simple tweaks, you know, to just really go in and monetize it. Again, it's kind of back to that ATM. Like, wouldn't we, we would forever put three pennies into the ATM to get a quarterback. Like, yeah, we would do that all day long. And so just taking that time to do it, but you don't know, you don't know what to change if you don't have a metric in place to, to compare it to, to look at it. And for those who are listening, who are like either just starting out with blogging or you're just starting out with your e-commerce site or store, and you're just also just using Pinterest there, you have to have a starting point like everybody does, right? Like in Kelly, you've talked a lot about that in the sense that you just have to start paying attention. And that's, you know, what I hear from a lot of especially new bloggers who are just starting out is that aching for traffic. But in the beginning, you really don't know what kind of traffic you're going to get, like you don't know what's going to resonate. And like you said, with those top 10 posts, that's kind of essentially where your parties happen in, right? And if you're not greeting them at the door to say, hey, look around, like, here's what we have, then it, it really is a missed opportunity. But if you're new, you you don't really have that yet. So what would you tell somebody who's in that position, who's just diving into Pinterest? And one of their biggest questions is, is this even worth it? You know, am I late to the game? I hear that a lot too. And they're kind of wondering how to put this into action over the next six months. What would you tell them? I would tell them the first thing I've told anybody whenever I get asked, hey, I'm thinking about starting a blog. What's your best advice? My advice is just to write, to write consistently for six to eight months and not just write, just keep writing articles and keep honing your craft of being able to tell a good story inside your posts because good content always wins. Um, and if, if people say that they don't believe me, go on Facebook, like good content gets shared all the time. You know, it just does. It's just what happens. Good content gets shared. Good content gets talked about. Good content rises to the top. 
Um, and so if you can hone your craft on writing, that is the first thing I tell anybody, regardless of where they're starting out. And then the second thing that I say, the next place that I think you should put your money into or your time after you've honed your craft of writing is really understanding how to present the aesthetic look of your site. Um, you know, is it easy to read? Is it clean? Are you having a gazillion run-on sentences? Or are they easy? Are your graphics nice? Um, it's so easy to have good graphics now versus yeah. what, like when when I started, like you still had to do, you had to do Photoshop. Like there wasn't an easy way to right. make graphics. Like you had to invest in Photoshop and you had to, or Illustrator, and you had to know that program in order to put text overlays on stuff. It was crazy. And so I think like making an aesthetically great looking site is also really important. And then the third thing is just to start um, networking, you know, so that you can kind of find out other people that are, you know, doing the same thing that you are. Um, and then from a KPI perspective, I would see, like you said, what, what resonates, you know, was it the article you did about babysitting that resonated or was it the article you did about kids crafts? And then you can kind of start to see like a pattern that needs to evolve, you know, that you're like, wow, when I do it about kids crafts, I get a lot more engagement than I, when I did it about menu planning. So I don't even talk about menu planning anymore, unless it's like you're, you know, you're totally like into menu planning and it's your passion, but you don't need to talk about it anymore. You can talk about kids crafts. So, yeah. And sometimes people too, they'll say like, oh, I don't really want to talk about that. Cause everybody, even though that's where everybody's going, Sometimes if, you know, the goal is to make money, you sometimes need to do those things that you don't always want to do, you know, and hopefully that will lead to them being folded into the stuff that you do want to talk about. Who knows which way your audience will go. Right. And I think you can try out a lot of things and see what happens. And it doesn't, I always say too, don't always feel like you have to be in a box either mm -hmm. in regards to what you start with. I mean, I'm on my third iteration in the online world. Yeah. Um, but I think who I am as a core person has never really changed. It's just kind of maybe what I'm talking about more. Yes. Yeah, I would agree with you. I think it changed even as Simple Pin has, you know, been around now four years. Like our my personal leadership, you know, what I'm gonna who I am and where I'm gonna take this company hasn't changed a whole lot, but I've definitely gotten smarter about it. And our KPIs, like for us as a service-based business, it is a little bit of page views, but it's also because, you know, our people want traffic, but it's also getting qualified people to come to their site that we know um, is just really good traffic. We want to serve that up. And then we want to say, okay, now you get to do something with it. That's not our job. Our job is to be smart and strategic on our end. And then you take it and run with it. And I think what makes me sad is when I'm doing a consult and that's the, your stopping point is just traffic. And then there's no plan after that. So I think that's what Kelly and I are really talking about today is how to really think through what's your plan for after the traffic, whether wherever it's from. But since we're talking about Pinterest, like what's your plan with Pinterest traffic? What do you want to do with them? How do you want to fold them in? And I know many people... You know, there's always buzz about email, but I know there's a lot of people who still have their emails on like RSS and they're not actually talking to your audience. I think my number one thing, and I don't know if you would agree with this, I'm pretty sure you will, but is to actually turn off the RSS and start communicating with your audience so that they can kind of fold into your world. They can know more about you. Would you agree with that? Right. 
Yeah, oh, totally. Like I said, anybody that comes to your site from an email that you send them is way more vested in you than somebody that just landed on your site because they saw a picture of blueberry muffins. Yes, they are your they're your people. Like they're your fans who want to know more. They're the ones that if you say in your email like reply back and tell me about this, they're going to reply back. And I do that to people too when I get their emails cuz I open it every single time and I do reply back to let them know like I am a reader on the other end and I love what you're doing. So keep doing it. And those are the people that when you share an affiliate product or you share an actual product that you've created, they're ready to buy because you've been talking to them. Like they they feel invested in you instead of just a cold ad, right? Like here, buy this, buy this, buy this. And people go, why aren't people buying my products? Well, right. And let's be honest too. I mean, we're coming up to a, to a point in the online world where we're starting to see more and more ad blockers, we're starting to see um, Google take away ad accounts. Um, there was a slew of that that happened. Um, you know, and so to just have this philosophy that I just want traffic because I want the ad income, that's putting so many eggs in one basket. And that basket literally could be taken away. And, and you really don't have a lot of repercussions, right? It, it's not like you can, you know, you can get mad about it, but who are you going to talk to? Right, right like, exactly. Google doesn't care. Right, exactly. <laughs> There's nobody on the other end. They're like, well, sorry. <laughs> sorry. You're on your right? own. Right, like they don't, they don't care. And so, you know, it's not to say that traffic isn't, tra- traffic is definitely a KPI. Like it is. Like it should be something that you look at because if nobody's coming to your site, you can't really do anything. <laughs> yeah, it's true. But but it should never be, it's never been my first KPI ever. My first KPI has always been revenue, 100% revenue. Because in the end, you can't take traffic and pay your mortgage. You can't take traffic and buy your groceries. You can't take traffic and put it away for your kid's college account. Yes. You, you can't. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can take revenue and you can take expense, you know, and figuring out how much your expenses are and trying to minimize those which goes back into profit and loss and how much money you make, that's the stuff that really makes the difference. Yeah, it's true. And just to share like a little piece of wisdom, even this morning, as I was processing through just my business and where I'm at, I even had to struggle between um, growing certain sides of my business and then looking for an exposure piece, like more people to know about Simple Pin and which one do you invest in, right? Like maybe more people can see you and they see you in Facebook and they see you as an expert, but maybe more people can use your service and that actually makes you money. And so, you know, it really, for me, it was a big struggle to work through that. And so KPIs can be a lot of different things. And I would... As you you know have listened to this episode, go through and write down your top five KPIs for whatever business you do. And then look deep into how much do those cost me or how much do I make in those or what's the actual result if this grows. So then you can really know. And that's what I loved about even the first time I met you, Kelly, is you were doing... Oh, was that Savvy Blogging in like 2012? I think it was Cincinnati. You were talking about media and sponsored so posts. Old. I you just know. made it sound so old. We right are there, okay? so old. Um, <laughs> but I remember what I remember about you, what what I loved is that, and this goes back to episode four, you talked a little bit about this there, was you knew exactly who your audience was. You knew exactly what the cost of that. I mean, you knew everything. It was like not any part of that was traffic or page views. I mean, you just you knew your person like as if they were standing next to you. So I think knowing your avatar and knowing 
what they're willing to spend or what they're willing to invest in or how they're willing to communicate, that is key, regardless of what social media platform you use, right? It's not just Pinterest, Facebook, whatever. It's just, do you know these people? So yeah. Yeah. All that to say. That was it is. It's all the it's the I know. And it's hard. I was gonna say, I want to give people encouragement because I I have been in like businesses, the business side is super important to me, but I get it, it's not for everybody. So what I would tell you the first thing to do is just go into Google Analytics and start messing around. Like you can't break it, guys. Okay. Like if you've got Google Analytics on your site, you cannot break it. Like you go into that reporting, go click around on a bunch of things and see what it comes up and see, understand what acquisition means and see what behaviors means and see what, um, where your traffic is coming from and just mess around so that you can kind of get an idea of just the health of your business. And then just start there. And from there, then take it a step further and be like, okay, how much money am I, you know, if this is making up this much of my traffic, the bulk of my traffic is coming from these seven posts, let's just say. And then understanding how much money is coming from those seven posts. And you you should be able to find that out. Any Most ad networks can be able to tell you that in a blink of an eye. Then then you, you guess what? You have a KPI that you can start. You have a data point now that you can start checking with to see how to grow your business. And that wasn't that hard. Yeah. And it you set a timer. Like if you're worried about time, and a lot of people are, is what I do on my phone when I go into Facebook, when I do anything else, I set a timer for 30 minutes. And that's the time that I get to spend on that. And then if I'm not done, I roll that over to the next day or the day after that with the next 30 minute time block and taking notes. I'm sure you keep a spreadsheet, right? Of all this. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Spreadsheets are gold. They are. And they don't have to be super fancy. Just start tracking. Like Kelly said, just look around, make notes, make mental notes as you go along. Like, oh, that's interesting. That's interesting. And then just see what you can figure out from there. Yeah. It's all about, in the end, guys, it's about revenue. And if you don't know your KPIs and traffic is not a revenue, it's just not. Um, It's not the top one. It's all about making money. And the sooner you put those KPIs, the sooner you can make goals, the sooner you can put a plan in place to make those goals. Mm -hmm. It all just starts to systematically work. And then the sooner you can um, start hiring a team because a team is where you get into scaling. And don't be afraid to invest in a team. It's really, really wise thing to do. Kelly, you have a great team. It's one of the best things I've ever done. Um, We have a big team. Like I've got, I mean, it's it's not as big as your team. (laughs) I I think we've got 13 on our team right now. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I mean, they make it so that I can grow, so I can scale. Yes, which is so smart. So, and that's a good investment. Like, how much does it cost for me to hire somebody? What do I make off that person? That's another KPI that you want to know what your profit margin is. Because if you're paying them more than what you're making, well, then you might have a little bit of a problem. So, know how much right. you can pay them. But, right. But if you're not, again, it's the ATM. So, if you're putting in $300 into them and you're making $400, yeah. you would do that every day of the week at the ATM. You would put $300 bills in to get four back out. And every time I'm going to go to the ATM now, I'm just going to think of that. <laughs> I'm going to be like, gonna be why like, isn't there like, money <gasps> spitting out? Why? <laughs> like, I put money. You're going to be like, wait a minute, wait a minute. I put $300 in. Why is there not $400? Totally. What is wrong with Chase Bank? Come on. Come on. <laughs> I know, right? Wouldn't that be great? That's like a commercial. I know, it really is. We're super smart like that. Um, okay, well, Kelly, thank you so much for coming on here and talking about that and this KPIs. And where can people go to find both of your sites 
And maybe if they're interested in learning about fashion, where can they go? One site is called redefinemom.com. And then the other one is called adoreyourwardrobe.com. Everybody should check it out. It's an open and closed, right? You're not doing evergreen, correct? No, 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 I don't think so. It is the open, closed cart philosophy. Open, closed cart. And it is... I mean, seriously, if you guys are all listening to this and you're like, I need fashion help, please go check it out because I know that it's awesome. I have benefited from it indirectly in the middle of Nordstrom and made sure I don't look hilarious in whatever I'm wearing. So make sure you go and check that out and make sure you also go to simplepinmedia.com slash 87. And that's where we'll have all the links, all the show notes, and you can get connected to more information about KPIs on Pinterest. Thank you so much, Kelly. Thank you, Kate. Have a good one. There was so much in this episode that required you to either take notes or stop and pause and jot down some ideas that I realized we really needed a PDF download for you. So I emailed Kelly and asked her to give us three specific examples of how she calculates the KPI of a particular post based on easy math. So in this download, what you'll see is the formal definition of KPIs, a place where you can write your top five KPIs. And then Kelly did three examples. One is a baseline. One is how much more money you can make if you just update and optimize a post without trying to increase traffic. And then the third is how much money you could potentially make if you run an ad. And then the cost analysis of ad versus how much money you would make. And looking at seeing an actual real example of putting in the ad spend, but how much you're going to get backed very much along the lines of that ATM analogy. So if you want that download and that worksheet, go to simplepinmedia.com slash 87. If you want to talk more about this episode and ask questions, make sure you join the free Facebook group that I have simplepinmedia.com slash Facebook. Facebook.